Hey there, believers. I got another exciting episode for you today. This week, we're bringing on Brandon. Brandon and I have exchanged quite a few emails, and I know that I did not write all the stuff down in my notes. Um, it could be enough to do a two-parter, maybe a three-parter, but I've been doing that a lot lately, so we might just have a really packed episode. Um, I'm not going to do much more of an intro. We're just going to bring him on and let's roll with it. My name is uh, Brandon, and I have a few experiences to, to talk about today. Yes, sir. But I guess, guess I have to start with uh, I am a, a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again on the third day so that I can be forgiven of my sin, which is, to me is the most important thing. But Amen. I had, um, you know, demonic experiences growing up. I'd say uh, starting as early as uh, probably like three years old, mm. something to that, that extent. I remember um, way back when I, I, I was living in Georgia at this time, and we lived in a, in a little trailer. I remember being in the back bedroom and just laying there and something smacks me in the back of the head. You know, as a kid, you like, you jump up, you look, what is that? Nothing's there. So, like, I, I hadn't, at that time, I didn't know what it was. I do now, you know, later on in life, I understand exactly what it was. Right. And, like, in that same uh, room, I remember I had a bunk bed I used to share with my sister. And I was sleeping on the top bunk, and I look over in the corner, and it had, like, this green glowing head in the corner sticking up, looked just like my little sister. Just mm. like her. So, you know, I cover my head up real quick and yeah, I hid man. under the covers. And um, we had moved to a different house in Georgia. And I was always, you know, scared to go to sleep. I always had demonic dreams. I remember I sleeping in my mom's room and my stepdad at the time used to work overnight. And um, I would dream like the whole room would turn blood red, like all the walls. And I found out later in life, I was talking to my mom and she was like, yeah, when we used to live in this house, demons used to call out my name and whisper my name. And I think she might've mentioned the walls turning red as well or something like that to that extent. But so that kind of, that confirmed that that wow. was definitely demons that was messing with me at that young of an age. Yeah, man. And, and you, you think like, why are demons messing with a kid? You know, that's one of the questions I would always ask, but then I, I come to the conclusion is they're trying to hold you back from walking in your calling, you know, because God has something for your life. So they're trying to steer you off the path, you know, get that foothold in there. 100% it, man. I, mm. I had that revelation just this, this year that the reason for all these things happening all throughout our life, the, the inexplicable fear we have over certain things, it's because that's that's the enemy. He he knows how to get you young and try to stop you from getting to where you're being, man. You're oh, right. exactly. Most definitely. And one thing with me my whole life, I've always had people telling me you know, who I'm supposed to be in God. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've been told I, I was a chosen one. I've had somebody tell me, oh, you have an apostolic anointing. I've had an apostle you know, pray with me and tell me I was 
I had to get the healing. Wow. And I went on a men's retreat and me and uh who we, who led the retreat we prayed together and he told me I was a healer as well. And I've just I've even known inside that there is more for me, but I've ran from it my whole life. Yeah. Like I I just took an Ironman class at church and I told the pastor, I was like, yeah, I've been running a different type of Ironman thing my whole life. He's like, what's that? I've been running from my calling. <laughs> and I've been running, running away. Yeah, man. And hopefully I, I can get to the point where I, I can walk in it instead of running away from it. So that's yeah. why I want to talk about, you know, everything that went on. I'm ready you know, to hear it, man. Because oh, you know, man. you know what happens when you when you don't walk in your calling. You know, Jonah, he was called, and he tried to run the other way. And what happened to him? Wound up in the right. belly of a well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm glad you're seeking now, man. I'm glad. I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry to interrupt you so much, Brandon. Let's let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's let's hear your oh, you're story. You're good. You're good. Okay, so now this is the the story that I had talked to you about. I guess I'll start kind of. With the beginning of it but i was with i won't say her name and everything because she doesn't know i'm talking about this but i was with someone we were living together and we had made the decision to like follow christ together we were going to church every sunday we were going to a christ-like class every tuesday for that went on for six months um, i was actually attending celebrate recovery helping like work the screens at the church and i started noticing like during Sunday services, she would be shaken. And that kind of, you know, it always made me feel like uneasy. I couldn't wait for the worship service to get over so that you could get into preaching. So that would stop because I knew she would stop shaking. But that was going on. And then mm. we attended a, um, an even service. It was just straight worship. And she started manifesting in the service. So we had, you know, everybody around laying hands on her, praying for her. And now this, she's a Christian. She's baptized. Like, I done seen her on her knees, snot running down her nose, begging Jesus to forgive her. Like, she's a full-blown Christian. She believes in Jesus and everything. All right. And she was dealing with all this. So, I know it's hard to believe that Christians could be possessed, but she most definitely was. And it was, wow. I didn't really understand it either at the time, but you no, know, after the fact, I learned more. But when, and one thing that happened that really got to me is one night I was um, laying in bed and we were playing. They had the Gospel of Matthew on YouTube. It was like a four-hour video. It's right. like word for word, you know, the Gospel of Matthew. And we put it on every night. And one night I woke up and I looked down. She's sitting at the edge of the bed. And I hear her talking. And I get up and I go use the bathroom. I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm good. Are you good? I'm like, yeah. So I laid back down. And this time I heard something again. And instead of getting up, I just opened my eyes to look. And she's speaking in a different language fluently. Like she's fussing at Jesus on TV. Wow. And this is a Louisiana girl. You you lived in Louisiana for a while, so you right. know how they talk. Her, you know, speaking a different language, that clear was right. not normal. Wow. So that was, that was pretty pretty scary right there. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, man. I didn't really know what to do. What did you do? 
I went. I, I just went to sleep that night. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. know what else to do at that point. Right. But then what happens later? I didn't have much choice. So you know, like I said, we were going to class at church, and so I come home from work one night, and she's like sitting in the bed doing the, her work from class, and then she runs in the bathroom. And she's like, just throwing up, you know, like dry heaving, throwing up in the toilet. So I go sit on the tub beside her and I start rubbing her, <clears throat> excuse me, rubbing her back with my hand. And she looks up at me and I don't know, for some reason, I'm like, is this Jezebel? And she looks over at me and just shakes her head really slowly side to side. Oh. And I'm like, okay, it's on. Yep. I know exactly what's going on now so i do what everybody does i go to youtube you know find some type of video to how to cast out demons i'm doing everything i could think of i'm putting the bible on her back i'm saying every prayer i can think of you know just trying to get the demons to leave yeah man and i i remember you know this this night they actually left, but I was like sitting there with her and I put my hands up in the air and I was just praying for the Holy Spirit to come. And it felt like a rush, like a waterfall just flowed from the top of, to the bottom. Like I lost my breath and it just flowed through me. And then she got up. When the, yeah, she got up, she threw up and um, she was like, it's gone, it's gone. She starts jumping up and down all excited. And, wow. you know, we thought they were gone, but they made another appearance, you know, several days later. Man, so she realized that she had a demon. Mm -hmm. And she she obviously wanted it gone, right? Right, right exactly. Man, she see, that, that's a big point that people might not realize right off the bat. If someone doesn't believe that they're demonized or they don't want to be rid of whatever demon because a lot of people go in partnership and in agreement with them mm -hmm. yeah you know if someone's in agreement with their demons all the praying in the world for our end can't help them right you know? uh, if they're and if they're welcomed in that house it, we can't clean their house for them you know what i mean exactly and like later, I'll get more into it. But if, if it has a legal right, yeah, then there's yeah. nothing you can you can't get rid of it until you right. remove that legal right. It's it's just there. But um, so yeah, the demons definitely came back, and I stayed home from work uh, three days, like trying to cast the demons out doing everything I could think of, you know, um, there, there was one time where I, I call myself trying to like make my own holy water or right. I just, you know, said a pray over it, whatever. And it got really scared and started, you know, screaming when I was about to use it. But then when I put it on it, it started laughing at me like this because it, it thought it was real, but I just said my own little prayer. So I, it wasn't, you know, actual holy, holy water. 
Right. It was something that I tried to prepare. And it just straight laughed in my face. But oh wow. Yeah, that was definitely very interesting there. That is. But then I, I actually I found a video on YouTube and I said the correct prayer and I prayed for a drop of the blood of Jesus to be put into the holy water. And that worked. Nice. Like it, it did not like that at all. But yeah, we I stayed home uh, like I say for three days straight, hours and hours. There was one, uh, there, uh, there was actually three demons that I could call, you know, to the front. Each demon had a different voice, uh, like her face would change and her body movement would match each, each demon. One was Jezebel, one was Lucifer, and one I couldn't even understand the name it was saying. And there were more demons there before then, but I was able to cast out some of the demons, but just not all of them. And yeah, the Jezebel, it she was like kind of like a snake figure where she would be yeah. really sleek and it was weird. And she would also, when she, when Jezebel was there, she would start barking. Which really? is interesting. But to me, the barking would come from you know when the dogs, you know, attack Jezebel. Yep. So that's what what I was thinking maybe that was from. Hmm. That's so interesting too, man. Yeah, but we we went on for days uh, trying to cast them out, cast them out. And eventually her family, they showed up because I guess the church that they went to and where her family was living, they tried to blame me and say that it was, you know, my fault that she was demonized or possessed or whatever you want to call it. But I'm like, no, if, it, if my fault is anything, it's that we are trying to live right, you know, follow Christ and they could no longer hide. So there now you go. they're coming to the front. Amen. Because, Amen. I mean, if you don't know it's there, then you don't know to try to cast it out or get rid of it. or You just don't know. But if it's, it's there it. and it's made a an appearance, okay, now you know we got to do something. Yeah. We got to fight it. So they actually ended up taking her away. So, you know, she left with them because <clears throat> she believed them, but it's her family. So I guess, you know, not much you could do about that. Right. Man. So, you know, that definitely sent me on a on a journey. Oh, absolutely. Like, why couldn't I cast them out? Why? How in the world did Lucifer, who's a, who I thought then was Satan, would actually possess someone? Because, you know, Satan, king of all demons, he ain't got time to, in my mind, to possess one little human. Right. That didn't make much sense to me. But I mean, I found out who Lucifer really is based on my reading of the Bible now, which is totally, you know, not what everybody thinks. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty widespread now. Most people know that Lucifer and Satan are not the same. Well, if you don't mind, why don't you explain that? Because no, uh, I'm sure you have knowledge that I would love to glean from, and the audience would too, man. Well, you know, the only scripture in the King James Version, Isaiah 14, 12. If you look at it, 
Lucifer's son of the morning. Now, if you look up I'm, I'm morning in Hebrew, I forget the name of the God, but it's like, a, you know, a God with a little G. If it's the mm -hmm. son of a God with a little G, then that would be a Nephilim. A Nephilim, right. And then in the, in the next scripture, yeah, the next verse, it says, you tried to ascend into heaven. So to me, that's saying it was never in heaven. You right. tried to ascend, which to me, demons are Nephilim. You know, when the flood wiped them all out, their spirits were stuck to roam the earth. Amen. They never ascended, but they did try to ascend in the Tower of Babel. And they got so close, God was like, nah, y'all can't do this. All right. So that's that right there, that scripture points to me that Lucifer is a Nephilim. Mm. Which still would, makes a lot of sense because he still has, you know, his own little power on earth now. It's just Lucifer is not Satan. Because he's not a fallen angel. I got you. He's the son of a fallen angel. But that's what I get from, you know, just kind of deciphering that scripture there. And, you know, in other uh, versions of the Bible, Lucifer is not even in it. I think King James is one of the only ones hmm. where the name Lucifer is actually in the Bible. Yeah. It, I. I typically read out of a uh, NASB, it's a New American Standard, just because it's such a, a literal translation. You know, some people say it's a little difficult to get through on on some parts because it's so literal. But I I like the direct approach to it. So I'll I'll check mine and see what it says in Isaiah fourteen twelve. I believe okay. it does say Lucifer in mine as well. That that's interesting, man. I I appreciate that. Hmm. Oh, no, no. the the okay. third demon had an unknown name or a, a... he said his name but i could never understand like what it was saying right so wow. I, I would ask it to repeat itself and i could just i could never you know figure it out but if you have any questions about all that i'll try to you know re remember what i can and yeah tell you about it what I, it if it's not too difficult for you, because I know some of this stuff gets a little, it, it can weigh on the mind a little bit, and I don't want to glorify anything negative, and I don't want to um, bring up anything that might bother you either. But walk me into it a little bit. Like, when you realize she's got, you know, something's got a hold of her, and you are you decided to go at it. Like, this is what I have to do. Uh, choice is over. I'm moving into action. How did you get, like, if you if you could kind of explain the process of, like, what did you say to take authority? Um, how did it respond to you? And that, that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I did the obvious. Uh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, I try to send it to the pits of hell. You know, anything you can you've seen on TV or seen on YouTube. I tried everything. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Bob Larson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I used to watch his stuff. So I, I tried everything that he did. And honestly, like when you see what's going on with him, that's it. Exactly. Like what was going on. Wow. You know, there's no, 
I mean, I know there is supernatural stuff that can happen, but no, she wasn't like climbing off the walls or anything crazy like that. <laughs> like her voice would change and her facial expressions and you could just see it like Lucifer looked angry. Right. It, it looked se severely mean. Now they would answer questions and they would, you know, talk back, but my knowledge back then was so limited that even like I would try to quote scripture to, you know, fight against it. And if I like misworded something, it would laugh at me because yeah. it knew that I said it incorrectly. So it would just start laughing at me. You know, that's kind of kind of hard to get through that when you're trying to get rid of someone that's laughing at you, you kind of feel helpless. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. Oh, and I for, almost forgot about this, but this is pretty big. Um, the church that we were going to, I had made an appointment to take her to the office because, uh, you know, I wanted to see if they could, you know, get rid of the demons or cast them out. So I make an appointment and I'm taking her there and she's starts manifesting the closer we get. So I call, I'm like, hey, I need you to come out and help me bring her in. And they're like, what, you're here? So they come out and they're like, oh, you need to take her to the hospital. I'm mm -hmm. like, the hospital? What is the hospital gonna do for her? This is not, this is spiritual. This is not mental, this is a spiritual issue. And I left and I said, you know what? I'm never coming back here again. Right. So I, I, I stayed out of church for years. Right. After that, it's like the place you're, you, you're supposed to go to for help turned me away. I think they were scared, is what it was. It's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I'm living with her. Like when we would fall asleep, if I would fall asleep and my arm touching her or something, I'd have nightmares. Really? Yeah, so I try to fall asleep not touching her, you know. Man. That... Yeah, it's, it, it was, uh, this is, I want to say this is probably six years or so ago, so it's hard for me to really recall all the details, and right. it doesn't bother me anymore. But back then, you know, it was just like I, I really had a hunger and a drive to figure out what is this, what's going on, why did this happen? Why could I not get rid of these demons? Yeah. You know, I heard, well, you didn't have authority or you weren't strong enough or this and that and the third. From what I found out on my own is what I was talking about with the legal right. They had a legal right to be there. And I feel like it's because she had unforgiveness in her heart because she did have like child trauma. Right. I'm not so sure that she really forgave the person who you know, what they did to her. And if you had that, like, unforgiveness in your heart or anything you're dealing with, you know, that's the door the enemy has. Yeah. You have to figure out how to remove that. And if, if you don't know, then it won't go. You know, it's going to stay there. That's right. That, but, um, that's a good point, too, man. You know, a Christian walk is not an easy one. Oh, no. Yeah, and, you know, people... People think that we just walk around smiley, happy people. That's not the case. I mean, we got that joy that can't leave. You know, we got we got the Holy Spirit. We got that joy. Right. But, you know, there's a, a lot that we have to go through and let go of and a lot of burdens 
for others that we we wind up carrying you know out of out of that love that we have um and to to be able to let go to be able to forgive those that when, when people hurt you and you know I, I thought about something earlier today too I, I don't mean to hijack your show man but <laughs> uh when, when we pray for forgiveness and for others to be forgiven, you know, when somebody wrongs us and we pray to God to forgive them, I realize part of why we do that. It, it's not just so we, we show that we're not angry with them. You know, we're the children of God. So when we pray for God to forgive them, we're, we're asking God to show mercy to them. So, mm -hmm. So he doesn't have to protect us. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, like when Stephen was getting stoned, Jesus shows up and he's like, no, don't do anything. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they don't understand. Right. You know, when, when we pray to God for somebody to be forgiven for when, for sinning against us, we're children of the most high. You know, he's there for us. So when we're praying, we're praying for his mercy on them. Right. Know? That they don't have to feel his wrath. They're That's interceding on, on their behalf. Amen. Amen. It's, there's a lot to it, man. There's a lot to being a Christian. Yeah, that's what my pastor was just talking about. You know, people having unforgiveness uh, Sunday at church. And he really? was saying, you know, unfor you know, forgiving them from what he was what he was talking about. He's like, it's not for them, it's for you. In the aspect where I can finally be free because the unforgiveness in my heart is a chain that is holding me back. So to set myself free, I need to forgive. Because you know the Bible says, hey, if you don't forgive others, I'm not going to forgive you. That's it. That's right. So it, mm. helps, it helps everybody. Yeah. You know, walking in love and forgiveness. And like I said, it's not easy being a Christian and forgiving people. And like I say, when we when we sign up to follow Christ, we sign up for war. Yep. You know, this, this, this is not a game. That's it. I, that's why, you know, at, at my church, I'm blessed enough to be allowed to to teach a lesson once a month. I go up and uh, it's not on a Sunday service, but you know, it's like a midweek service. And that's basically what it's been. It's like a, a a boot camp, a spiritual warfare boot camp. Because when we when we give our lives to God, you're right. We signed up for war. And right. Giving our lives to God, that's the easiest step. <laughs> it's everything that hits us afterwards, man. Yeah, I know everybody tries to paint the you know, pretty picture, but it, it gets harder. It does. And honestly, you know the, how the Bible talks about <clears throat> if uh, you're his son, God's son, you will be punished. Yep. And if and it's basically if you're not being punished, then you're a bastard. You're not his. Exactly. So be thankful, you know, for your punishment and for that exactly. war. Exactly. Because without it, uh, we're on a one-way trip on the easy road straight to hell. That's right. I don't, I really don't want to be on. Amen. I, in Psalm 23, it says, your rod and your staff comfort me. That rod and staff isn't just to beat away the wolves. 
you know, that rod and staff keeps you on the straight line. You know, it keeps you, it keeps you where you need to be, keeps you in check. You know, it, mm-hmm. uh, we, we find comfort in being reprimanded, you know, right. because he's keeping us close. Mm-hmm. We need to be thankful. Amen. As humans, you know, it's really hard because, you know, we want it to be easy, things to be good. Oh man, if you follow Christ, you know, you're supposed to be blessed and prosperous. No, I don't see that. <laughs> I mean, it says that in certain places in that book, but it's not just that easy. It's not that simple. That's right. We're blessed in other ways. Our rewards aren't here, you know. So. But look, you had uh, you you had mentioned something else. I don't mean to to skip forward too fast. Um, about a healing that that you, you know, you said that you were called to heal, and you actually were blessed with being able to uh, to pray over your daughter's ear. Is that correct, too? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, so she was born uh, like four to five weeks early. So, you know, she was had to sit under the lights, you know, for a few days in the ICU. And so I remember uh, she was like two months old. Her her intestines weren't formed fully correctly. So she was in the hospital for a couple of weeks mm. because her body wasn't fully like developed. And so her eardrum had an issue where she had a hole in it. And she had to have surgery on it several times to be rebuilt. Like they would take skin from the back of her ear and put it, you know, in inside her eardrum. And it got to the point where my, my ex-wife, my ex-wife was being, you know, frustrated because she was due for another surgery. And so I remember just walking up to her, you know, put my hands on her, praying over to be healed in the, in the name of Jesus. And then, um, and that was, at that point, I want to say that she had like a scab. In the, the morning, that scab was nearly gone. And then when she went to the doctor, you know, for the checkup before the surgery, it was fully healed and she no longer needed the surgery. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, I brought it up to her while she was here visiting on the last time. She's like, well, it's not perfect, Dad, but it is healed. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful mm-hmm. yeah I was very happy about that yes sir but yeah I mean being able to experience the power of Jesus you know that yeah. that was none of me and all of him that's right that's right we ask him for his help and, that's right and we get to be a vessel that's it right exactly. yeah being able to be a part of that that's right Another thing with a with who I was dating, we had got back together at one point, and we were sitting there uh, reading the Bible together. And she got to a point where she couldn't read, like you know the demon was holding her back from speaking. So I just walked her through a quick courts of heaven prayer. She got up, ran to the bathroom, threw up came back and we went right back to reading the Bible. There was no casting out demons, no fighting them, no manifesting. Wow. Done and over with. Wow. Yeah. There's another. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, well, I was just going to, there's another little quick story I could tell uh, about someone else that I, that I know happened to him dealing with like that type of scenario. Yeah. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that. He used to uh, dabble in like witchcraft and dark arts and stuff. And so it got so bad to where he couldn't leave the house. You know, he was hearing things, seeing things. So, you know, he finally went to church and went through the whole, you know, process of them trying, you know, the deliverance process of trying to cast the demons out of them. And so he's sitting there crying and screaming and hours, you know, they're trying to cast the demons out, cast the demons out all day. And so finally they call like the, one of the other pastors and he shows up and he says, he sat down beside him and he's like, you know, I think it was something about with his mother. And he's like, so do you forgive your mother? And he didn't really want to do it. But he finally was like, do you forgive your mother? And he's like, yes, I forgive her. And once he finally said that, the demons left. Wow. Like he was free. It's because, you know, that that legal right that they had yep. was removed. So now they can go. See, with the, but that's, it gets very dangerous, you know, deliverance and, you know, the legality and everything, because if you think about it, if a demon has a legal right, you're trying to cast it out or you're trying to tell it what to do and where to go. Basically, God gave it permission to be there. So it's almost like you're going against God's will. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's why you really have to make sure that you get removed you know, it's authority to be there because it has permission. Like in the book of Job, you know, God gave Satan permission to go at Job. Yeah. So now we're we're kind of we're overstepping our bounds, you know, playing with fire, because now we're also giving it, you know, we're we're hitting something we shouldn't be hitting it and it can hit back. Right. So yeah. that that's where that that gets dangerous. And then it also can be dangerous, like you know, the traveling deliverance ministers. That can be very dangerous. Say, say like a, a minister goes to a town and casts demons out of all these people and then they leave them. Now the house is clean and free. Seven more can come stronger. Yeah. So you actually, unless you set them up to walk in Christ and, you know, have a ministry with them to help them, you set them up for even further failure. Right. So yeah. it, it can it'd be very dangerous. It is. You have to know what you're doing. It is, and you have to go go into it. If if you're doing the deliverance, I've learned that if you go into it, you got to make sure that you've repented. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't want to go in there with all your dirty laundry because those demons, they know, man. They know. And right, they, oh, of course. They'll, they'll kick your butt. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, they most definitely know. I mean, that's another thing with demons. You know how people talk about ghosts and dealing with psychics and like, oh, well, <clears throat> this is so-and-so. And then they can tell you details of a conversation that you had with your grandma or your uncle that only happened between you two. But you know what? That demon was there. Right. And that demon heard it. So if that psychic talking to a demon who's acting like that ghost, they're going to know all the details nobody else knows. 
So that's why I think that stuff can be dangerous as well. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's kind of, it's hard to tell if it's an actual ghost or a demon because it it knows everything. It knows all the answers to all the right questions, you know. That's right. That's right. We got, there's so much to learn and there's so much to be careful of. Um, Yeah, it's all, it's all serious business, man. Hmm. But, you know, I, I know we exchanged a lot of emails. And I didn't write down half of what I should have before we started talking. Um, we we just had a seven day revival. Then yesterday we we all just kind of laid low, didn't do a whole lot. So I, I didn't prepare myself like I should have, and I apologize for that. But I know that you have uh, one one of the main points that you had coming in to our email discussion was the proper way to do a quartz of heaven prayer. Um, would, would you right. be able to go into all of that? Would you, are you ready for yeah. that? Yeah, I can touch base on it. Um, I mean, there's many different aspects of the courts of heaven prayer, but for me, like the basis is really you know, a basic, a basic way of, of praying is, you know, repentance, forgiveness. And then, you know, we, we really need to kind of ask for judgment. And then mercy and grace and the blood of Jesus. Now, you can, you know, walk in the dimension of the courts of heaven, you know, maybe have a seer help you or maybe you can see yourself, you know, actually go into the courts where, you know, the courts are seated. You got Jesus as your counselor you know you got satan that's the defendant you know he, he's trying to pro you know the prosecutor you know he's trying to prosecute you and you know god's your judge you got the cloud of witnesses and you you just go through a whole court session mm. and you the best way to do it is you know obviously with the help of the holy spirit to find out what legal right that the enemy has be it through the bloodline the generational curse no sin that you walk in. Find those so that you can remove them. You know, remove those legal rights. Because one, once you get those legal rights moved, now you know, like in the Book of Daniel, where the the court was seated and the books were open, and now your scroll, you can walk in what is written in your scroll about you. And I just learned something today where I was listening to a teaching and he was talking about that you could have your book stolen or or it could just be closed. And so we have to, you know, go into prayer and either have it recovered or have it open so that you can walk into your calling. Wow. You know, I've heard it said to where when someone prophesies over you, they're basically reading out of your book. And that's where the word comes from. And, you know, Satan's main agenda is is to take that book, keep you from walking in your calling as far away from that as you possibly can. But yeah, the the main thing, you know, other courts of heaven prayer, though, is just finding what sin it is, ask forgiveness, repent, and then, you know, cover it in the blood of Jesus and move forward 
I mean, that's just the basic easy. Like you can get really in-depth in, into a lot of the spiritual side of it, but that's, you know, hear more of, you know, hearing God's voice, being able to see, you know, being able to, to, you know, go through that experience, but you can pray the basic way. But it's, um, it's very significant in being able to walk in to your calling because Satan's going to try to find any legal right he can to hold you back. And that's, that to me is why the courts are so important is being able to overturn anything he has against you, you know, so that you can be set free and walk where, where you want to be. And I've been trying to do that myself where, you know, I've, I was, a uh, you know, hooked on, I was drinking for 20 years straight, like a daily drink. Mm -hmm. You know, I beg God to take it away, you know, take away my desire to drink. You know, I don't want to drink anymore. I've tried every type of prayer you can think of. <clears throat> and just the past few years, you know, when I finally learned about the courts of heaven, you know, I started, you know, praying those more and more. And finally, I was able to put it down. And now I'm nine months this month with no drinking at all. Wow. But it had, you know, it was it was a hard fault process. It was not easy. That's been 20 years. Yeah, man. Daily, daily drinking. Yeah. And, you know, if you're still down in Louisiana, I, I know you're still surrounded by it. Well, I, I live in Georgia now. Okay. But but it's still, you know, everywhere. In Louisiana, oh, my God, yeah, you know, it's worse, though. At the yeah, gas man. stations, behind the counter. We had a drive through daiquiri. Oh, yeah, we had daiquiri shops. You drive right through, grab you whatever you want. Yeah. Every Everywhere in Louisiana sells alcohol. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. not as bad here. Cause like even, uh, I think here on Sundays, you can't. In certain places won't sell liquor, something like that. All right. See, I, I had a similar thing, but I was a smoker for a long time. And I I sought the Lord to quit smoking. Um, it's been about a year and a half ago, a little bit, little bit more than a year and a half ago. And I asked him to take that addiction away from me, you know. And then I think I made it about 48 hours. Then I go down to the gas station. I bought a pack of smokes. And uh, I got about halfway through one, man. It felt like somebody stabbed me in my throat. I thought, man, this this is rough. This ain't this ain't right. And I threw it out. Started feeling sick the next day. Wound up, I had uh, that virus that everybody was so scared of for so many, you know, worldwide virus everybody's afraid of for a couple of years. I got hit right. with that and pneumonia. Wound up in the hospital. Come back out five days later. Haven't smoked again since. And right. I thought, well, <laughs> but you know what was weird was um, I had smoked. I had drank pretty much every day of my life, too. Um, at, at least a beer or two. Since I had joined the military in 2003, it had been probably 15 years, I guess. That I was a, pretty much a daily drinker. And I had never asked for that to be taken away because I love beer. Right. You know, and I was like, well, I'm not getting drunk. I'm just smoking and that smoking's hurting me. But when that addiction left, 
addiction left. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll still have a beer every once in a while if I go out to a steak restaurant or whatever. Um, or maybe, maybe even one on a weekend if I'm at my in-laws house, but I haven't bought a beer. You know, I haven't had any desire to drink. It's all that all left me when, when smoking left and it was weird, you know, cause it was, it was obviously addiction that left me. It wasn't right. It wasn't like the want for cigarettes. It was the spirit of addiction left me. And I think it, uh, you know, they, they said I had that virus or whatever, but I told my wife, I said, I honestly believe it was just like in the Bible when that demon tore itself out and it threw that child down uh it, it's violent sometimes when it when a spirit leaves especially something that's had a hold of you for so long mm-hmm. thought that it was laying low when you expose it and cast it out sometimes it tears its way out and i think that's what happened man i think that uh i just got sick from it but god saw me through it and i'm better now for it well that's good amen yeah me i'm the type of person where I can't go have that one beer because really? that one always, always turns into more. Because I tried that. I tried, right. you know what? You just have a beer here and there, and it always ended up being two, and then the next day, and then because you know it'd be like just weekends, and then it would be the weekends and Monday, then the weekends Monday, Tuesday, and it just always escalated. Yep, that, that's how smoking was with me, man. Like I would quit. I quit one time for two years. Two full years I had quit, and my my wife lit up after dinner one night, and I thought, man, you know, one ain't gonna hurt, you know, and so I grabbed one of her menthols, man, and I I lit it up, and then the next morning there I was, pack a day, right back to it, and I thought, man, mm-hmm. you got me, <laughs> you know, but right, it's tough, man, yes, but, yeah, but you know, through God. You're delivered, right? You're healed. Right. It's gone. Well, with me, um, we're drinking up. You know, we're supposed to die to flesh daily. Yes. And I feel like from my experience, this was something that I had to do. Right. God wouldn't, he wouldn't take it from me. Really? Something I had to do for him. And then now I, I don't have any desire. Like I, I see it, you know, it's on everything you watch. Right. Everywhere you go, it's there. And like, even with my job, it's uh, I clean houses, I pressure wash and clean vehicles, and I clean houses on a very rich island. So these houses have their own personal bar, fully stocked. Yeah. And I walk right. I don't even think twice. No desire, yep. nothing. I, I feel like once I finally decided to say, I'm a hundred percent done. I don't want to drink anymore. I want to follow you. You know, follow God and walk into my calling and be who he wants me to be. Then he took away the desire. I love it. Then he was like, well, you got to take your first steps and then I can. I love it. Like even, you know, with the courts of heaven, I'm not even sure. Because I prayed those prayers too, you know, for alcohol. I'm not even sure that's what it was. Because usually courts of heaven is pretty instantaneous. Usually when you find out whatever legal right it is that the enemy has and you remove it, then you're pretty much free and able to walk forward. Right. And not with alcohol, not with, not for me. It was just something that 
I had to die to my flesh and say no. Exactly. And it wasn't easy. Yeah, some of these men, uh, like like Jesus Christ said, some can only be removed by fasting and prayer. You right, know, it's, yeah. it's going to take your own sacrifice. You know, uh, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's technically I had to fast it for the desire and the, the demons to leave there. So. Yeah, you had to starve them out, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, side note, <laughs> question. Uh, are you familiar with dark waters? No, but I, I I did hear your episode with dark waters because uh I game a lot and I'll listen to Spotify. So I think I've listened to almost every one of your episodes that's available on Spotify by now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I, doing... when I listen to something, I just I go and go and go and go. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, because Dark Waters he gets into a lot of this, and I, I actually I need to get a hold of him. We haven't talked in probably a year, but we had spoken off air several times, and he helped me through a lot of stuff, man. Um, understanding, you know, spiritual warfare from that legalistic standpoint. Um, right, and you know, I think. I think when I, when I emailed you, I had mentioned, you know, hearing finally in the episode talk about something being legalistic, and I think it was that episode because I know he was talking about that. Yeah, that that I man like he probably knows more than I do about that. that man, but. he he is well versed. I tell you that <laughs> he's well, he's well versed in it. And I I was going to say if if you didn't already listen to him, I was going to you know put you on to him because he's. He's right up your alley, I do believe, man. Yeah, I definitely uh, check him out, like check out his actual podcast. Absolutely. Oh, and I know you uh you're pretty big into this here. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got mine sitting over here. <laughs> yeah, old Gary Wayne. I didn't listen to probably several hundred hours of Gary Wayne on, on YouTube. That's how I, I everything that I learned wasn't from going to church. It was you know, asking God to walk me through it. Because he actually uh, took an order of what he was teaching me. And he wouldn't let me veer from the path. Because first it was prayer warrior. Uh -huh. Then it was intercessor. And then it was the courts of heaven. But I remember when I was learning about prayer warrior stuff, I heard an intercessor. I'm like, what is this? And I'm so, you know, trying to Google YouTube. I couldn't find anything about intercessor hmm. so i'm like okay i went you know back to learn about the prayer warrior and then when i finally stepped into intercessor everything i touched was all about being an intercessor so it's like no you got to learn this before this and before that you know you had me on a path of what i had to learn but listening to youtube and book audio books because you know i listen to my headphones while i work all day that's where I learned everything. But I'm the type of person, if I don't stay in it, I forget. Like, yep. I, I'm not great at remembering details. That's why it's even hard for me to explain the exact way to pray in the courts. Because, my, you know, I remember stuff from a long time ago, but details is very hard for me to, you know, keep. Which uh, I wish I could explain it better to a T. But honestly, it's better to learn about the courts of heaven through the Holy Spirit. Let him, him 
walk you through it and guide you and tell you exactly what to say, how to pray. Yeah. That way you know exactly what to do. Yeah. yeah that's and that's good. why I, also, I believe uh, praying in tongues is still, I, I love the courts of heaven prayer, but I still believe praying in tongues is the highest form of prayer. Mm -hmm. There's no higher form. And even in prayer, you have to be careful. I was uh, listening to a teaching today. and It reminded me of when I was in my prayer warrior status, there was a book called Prayers That Route Demons. And I used to pray with it like all day at work. And in the teaching I was with today, it's like, you can't be going against Leviathan. You can't be going against principalities because, you know, even Jesus didn't do that. It's not in the Bible. You're, you're not supposed to go at these high people because it's very dangerous. You know, we don't have that type of authority. We can cast demons out in Jesus' name, but coming out of principality is not, not what we're supposed to be doing. Man, you that can cause a lot of backlash. I've had conversations in private this week about that very thing. So I think this is confirmation for me to, to tread lightly in some areas of my life. Um, mm. Because I did that very thing. I was like, all right, I think I've identified this principality in my area and we're going to reclaim it in the name of Jesus. And so we went on the top of this mountain, did that very thing. <laughs> well, see, what I, what I was hearing about that today is for you to even be able to attempt to come after something like in that nature you have to have the whole ecclesia and it has to be God telling you to do so. But it has, you know, like with Abraham, when he couldn't find just 10 is because you needed the total number to form the ecclesia to be able to operate. Cause Abraham went in that area. So he had no authority there. So you, you need the ecclesia, the church to come together and be that governing body of Christ. Right. So just me and you by ourselves. No, we definitely don't want to go after a, a general. Right. You know? <laughs> Even yeah. uh, uh, when Daniel was praying for 21 days, the archangel had to fight through. Right. You know, they were having, they're struggling. Right. So, you know, us sitting here trying to pray. No, be careful with that. Yep. Because you start throwing rocks at a dragon, he's going to blow fire on you. It's going to be backlash. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So, you know, I, yeah, I believe be I careful. have witnessed. I, I think I personally witnessed that. And uh, it made me mad. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, oh yeah. But I, I didn't realize, oh, man, alive. What am I? I got to, I got to get stronger. You know, I got to get closer to God. I got to get, I got to dig in deeper. And then somebody told me this week, I hadn't even told them all, all, all the stuff that had already went down. Somebody told me this week, though, those principalities, God gave them dominion. Mm -hmm. He gave the, that, what was it, 70 principalities dominion over the earth. They're placed there. What made me think I was going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> I might know I might know its name, but I'll just tuck that information in my pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, until I yeah, figure out what I'm supposed to do with it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend just 
personally going after it, you know, right. now you can pray in tongues. Right. And now you're, as you know, like God praying through you to God and against this where he can now send the angels to fight and deal with his principality. Yeah. But you're using his language. Right. So that's where, you know, even I'm wary sometimes of somebody else praying for me. Because I'd be like, well, you know, don't pray for me unless you, you you always include let God's will be done. Because that's one thing about we can work curse people not not meaning to Absolutely. by praying for certain things. Absolutely. And it can actually, you know, backfire and we can ask for something. And God will, okay, well, you asked for it. <laughs> you know that's why even you know people that are negative you know always speaking negative and then they're not understanding why negative things are happening i mean yep. god is just hey you asked me for it and i gave it to you why yep. are you mad at me <laughs> yep that was so that was actually the the latest lesson that i did in church was the power of death and life in the tongue Mm -hmm. and uh and that was part of it how we we can curse ourselves we can curse others and the reality of curses and witchcraft you know right um because a lot of these people you know I've, i'm at a i'm blessed we have a very faithful and good community church it is non-denominational but it it leans in more of a pentecostal kind of atmosphere but these people are very open-minded to the entire Bible. And that's what I love, right. you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm able to speak freely. My pastor knows my heart. He knows I'm not going to try to, and I, I I ask God to not let me say anything out of line. You know, if it's not in accordance with him, I don't want to speak at all. Right. So, but yeah, man, a lot of people don't understand it. They don't get to hear that, the reality of these things. So when you go through and you show them 30 verses in the Bible that deal with witchcraft and curses and necromancy and, you know, all the different references throughout the Bible, mm -hmm. it's in there because it's real, you know? Right, of course. And I, I think in one of the emails, I remember talking about how, you know, some of the things, you know, along the lines of that, where we can use for our benefit, like say like crystals, tarot cards and different things through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. But what happens is you have a, and I think this is why pastors stay away from teaching it because you'll have people that teach these things, but don't teach people, Hey, the only way you can think about walking down any type of spiritual path is through Jesus Christ. So they'll just kind of, that becomes their idol, their God, you know, the crystals or the tarot cards, and now, as they're operating in these fields, you're opening doors to the enemy. And demons is running in full speed because mm -hmm. we didn't teach them, hey, anything you do, do in Jesus' name and cover it in the blood of Jesus. Because if you don't do that, you're opening yourself up to, to the wrong the wrong one. Yeah. But, you know, Satan didn't invent anything. Right. There's a There's things that like I personally believe like you can use like a tarot card or whatever through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus and it be the Holy Spirit speaking. Like you remember the, as the disciples, they cast the dice to find the, 
the thirteenth disciple after Judas passed. They but, did. They cast lots. Mm -hmm. They and did. They, they cast lots using the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's like we can use certain things as long as we have Christ as our foundation. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people they start teaching others about you know the crystals and tarot cards and these things of that nature, and then that sends them down the wrong path. Yep. It always has to be Christ first. And I think that's why a lot of pastors probably just stay away from it altogether because you can send someone down the wrong, you know, wrong path with that if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, man. It it could be a slippery slope. And you know how the devil's looking for that. You know, he's he's looking for someone to devour. And if he sees an opening. Right, exactly. Both feet. He's jumping on it. Mm. Yeah, it could be very dangerous. You just so I mean I understand why it's not good to teach people about those things, but I've seen you know things like you know psilocybin, things of that nature used for good, you know, right? That have led people to Christ. Really? Yeah, I've heard stories where people would you know you know go through like ayahuasca or psilocybin and. They find God. They would be like full-blown atheists and have a spiritual encounter and find God and then find Jesus, you know, through wow. these experiences. Now, it's see, possible now. I had a, a guy on my show, man, it's probably been two years ago. I had him on and he had an out-of-body experience. Um, I think it was MDMA or something like that that he, he took. Mm -hmm. And his... Um, he was dealing with a lot of depression. He was feeling horrible, man. And um, then he was a little suicidal. And out of desperation, really, I think is why he, he even took it. Because his daughter had passed away at a very, very young age. Um, and it just it just overwhelmed him. He couldn't couldn't live without her. And so he, he went on this trip, had an out-of-body experience, and whatever or whoever he met on the other side gave him this peace and this love and he he says it was god you know and he when he come back to himself he had an understanding he said you know he definitely was not healed as far as you know he still missed her he still hurt but he understood and accepted you know that she was gone and it, it saved his life you know and you know as far as he's concerned so i don't know i've never i never ventured down that road um what is it had what are people encountering you know and how do they know that it's of the lord if they're if they're doing something like that well, I would say, you know, like the Bible says to test the spirits. Yeah. You know, just test it. Now, I was, a, I had this question where dealing with <clears throat> like um, angels and like UFOs and demons or whatnot. Yeah, man. Because so like, say, if someone actually saw an angel the way the Bible describes an angel, 
it'd probably freak them out and they'd say, uh, flee from me in the name of Jesus. Right. And I'm curious as to like that angel who is, you know, God's 100% full servant is probably going to flee because you just invoked the name of Jesus. Right. So it's like, but to that person that you're going through that experience, they would have thought that was a demon, although it's an actual angel. So it's like, does it really have to flee or how, you know, how does that work? Right. But that's a good point. So that, that's what makes it kind of difficult. You know, how do you really test the spirits? I guess when you judge it by its fruit. So what fruit is it, is it needing? Because, you know, the, the bad entities are going to give you enough truth to keep you thinking it's good until it's not. Like that one lady, I think, uh, what is it, uh, dealing with the L, L, uh, how do you say that? The LEU. Yeah, the LEU. Yeah, like some of the things, like it told her to read, like the books of Adam and Eve. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not scripture at all. That's, yeah. that's far from scripture. That's scary. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, now, I'm not, you know, well-versed in those things, but you just, you have to test, test the spirits. And it can, it's kind of hard now if I say you've got to go in the name of Jesus. And if a good angel got to leave, so which one's good and which one's bad? Because the bad ones might be like, no, you don't have a legal right to tell me to leave. So I'm good. I'm a chill. Right. So which one? So, you know, how do you figure out that way by just invoking his name? Yeah. You know? So that's why I feel like, you know, testing the spirits and having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit say, hey, you know, that's a good, that's bad. Right. You know, being able to hear the voice of God, you know, have that feeling, you know, that you know, you know. So that way you're not having to figure out if it's good or bad. The Holy Spirit tells you. Right. Because other than that, you, you're fighting in the dark, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's, that's just scary stuff. That's a, uh, an avenue that I, I, leave alone you know and it might be just because i'm uh you know it, it's it's for me you know that's i am not one to say oh so-and-so shouldn't do this so-and-so shouldn't do that you know what i mean do what you want to do you know it's your walk if you can walk in the light well you know if you can do that that's fine for me i had to quit smoking my wife mm-hmm. she smokes None of my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, a, well, a couple um, of the deacons at the church, they smoke. It doesn't bother me. You know, I'm, I I don't think anything twice about it. Um, right. Like I said, well, for me, I, uh, I um, wanted to quit drinking so bad that I did even, you know, experience like psilocybin and uh, Amanita's on a men's retreat because I, I was willing to try anything. Right. Because, you know, I had done so much, you know, research at that time and saw it do so many good things. Now, it helped me for a little while. Like I yeah. microdosed for a certain period of time and I would quit for months, but then I'd go back to it. So that's why, you know, I don't keep up with it, but I was willing to try anything. Right. And some people may be called because, I mean, like psilocybin is a mushroom, which is grown by God, you know, cannabis is a plant grown by God. 
Right. And if we use it in the proper manner, I'd rather I trust that before I trust a man-made prescription anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. Now when you get it when you get into pharmaceuticals, pharmacia, you know, I don't know if you heard the episode I just had a couple of weeks ago, um, Asclepius revealed with Vicki Joy Anderson. She gets into that about how that, you know, the the witchcraft involved in some of these pharmaceuticals. You have to be careful, man. It, it's right. like we're surrounded, is what it feels like, you know. And you know, again, not to not to go too far off into a tangent, but I've had some people send me some hate mail about the direction the shows went, about how it's like overtly Christian. Um, I it just is what it is, man. You know, I started this show. I was a Christian. I said that day, you know, episode one, I said that I was a Christian. Um, but as the years go by, as the episodes tick by, and I was listening to experiences from people, and then I'm having my own experiences, and my walk is getting closer, and I'm trying to help other people, and I'm I'm being shown things, and I'm hearing things, and it's all leading to this one path. It's clear, and I can't. I, it's my obligation at this point, you know, I've made this show an altar for God. It's my obligation to say, Hey, you know, all signs point to this is all spiritual warfare. I'm not saying everything's right. demons, but I'm saying pretty much everything's demons. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Man. yeah I, I, I don't think all UFOs are bad because there's good angels and bad angels. Exactly. You know, in the Bible. Exactly. Was it uh, the chariots in the Bible? That literally means vehicle. Yep. Was Elijah was taken up on a a chariot of fire, vehicle of fire, kind of sound like a possible spaceship. So, yeah, when you, you start digging into Hebrew, you find some interesting things out. That's right. That's right. Um, yep. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I do like how, you know, you have people on and you just kind of let them tell their story. You don't try to debate them or, you know, contradict them or anything. You just hear them out. Yeah, man. That's what I want to do. Um, if somebody asks my opinion, I'll give it. If right. I feel like, if I feel led to say something, I'll say it. Um, a lot of times I'll, you know, in email chains you know we'll, we'll get into different topics and we'll go a little deeper into things um but yeah man i i'm not i'm not the one to tell somebody right from wrong or whatever else i'm i'm here to listen to stories i'm here to share stories i'm here to you know just to provide a, an outlet for other people <laughs> but i have you ever heard of a have you heard the Truth Seeker podcast? I have followed him for years on Instagram. Really? Yes. Oh, I, he's my friend. I've met him several times. When really? On the men's retreat, I was uh, with Truth Seeker in, in Alabama. Uh, me and him, uh, we, we've spoken a couple of times back and forth on Instagram, just like in the comment threads, not any kind of private message or anything. But, um, 
he kind of opened my eyes to something that I hadn't thought about before. Um, now we have had disagreements before, but most recently he posted something about, um, crystals being used in the Bible. And I thought, Hey man, let's, you know, let's not try to lead people astray. What are you talking about? And he proved me wrong. Like, mm -hmm. bam, he's like, you know, where the high priests, they had the plates on their chest mm -hmm. and what was on those plates? Different crystals, different crystals and gems, and I was like, "Okay, I'm listening." <laughs> you know, yeah. See, that's one thing about truth, though. He will go to the Bible. He is very knowledgeable about about the Bible. Yeah, and that's Actually, why I uh, asked. I said, "I said I'm not trying to fight. I want you to enlighten me. Tell, show me where it's at." And he did, and I was like, "Kudos, thank you very much. I I love to be educated, man." I'd love for somebody to to show me something. And he did. And I appreciate him for that. But yeah. So how was it like talking to him? Because I feel goofy saying his name, man. Truth Seeker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, he's just a cool, normal, down-to-earth dude. He's actually the one that uh, when we prayed together, he, he had told me that I was a healer. Really? Remember, uh, I was actually... Um, on his podcast after the men's retreat when we were talking about the Amanita experience. Wow. Cause it was, it was me and uh, several guys. We all you know, met up and did the whole retreat, you know, doing the breath work and meditating, and, you know, tried the Amanitas and all that. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. I met him uh, when I lived in, you know, I was working in Hammond and he was visiting, visiting some family out there. We all went out to eat together and I went on two retreats. And uh, with him, nice. Yeah, he's a he's good people, and that that's how when I was saying about you, you know, just he does the same thing. Like when people come on his show, he just hears them out. Like he'll throw in Bible here and there, but he just lets them tell their story. Yeah. Have you seen his footage of the UFOs that he he has posted on uh, Facebook recently? No. It is amazing. It's like what you do is you you kind of you take your hand. And you block the sun with your hand and then you, you know, like take the camera to and record. Yeah. And he's got shots zoomed in. They're just like flying into the sun and out around. It's crazy. Really? It, it, it looks very interesting. Yeah. You should check it out on his Facebook. I'll, I'll do that. I've heard something else about um, something. You can just use your phone, man, and put it on like slow motion. And record the skies. You and as they say, I haven't tried it yet because I just heard it heard about it like last week. That if you just record the skies on slow motion and play it back, you'll be able to see, you know, things going back and forth through the skies, man. That that you can't see just normal that you would overlook. Right. Like you might just think it's like a you know a flicker in your eye. You know how you get a floater from your contacts or whatever, but. That you can see things moving. And I, I bet you, if you did the combination, cover the sun up and hit slow-mo. Yeah, bro. right. There you go. Mm -hmm. That would be the, that would be the ticket. Some. Man. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah, man. But I, I, just, I just don't, you know, get down with the whole every UFO is a demon. You know, I, just, right. I just don't believe that part. But see, but I do believe it's real. I made that statement before. And, uh, 
I, I don't think it was very popular <laughs> when I said it that you know that you know that UFOs you know could be good could be bad you know how do we know um mm -hmm. but yeah I I feel that way man uh do I think, I think, think, both. I think. Have, yeah I don't I don't think that we have like ne necessarily uh what do they call it reptilians versus pleiadians the two alien species from other planets that are battling over humanity to save us and this I don't necessarily subscribe to that but right. I do believe that there is a battle of good and evil going on around us at all times um, most definitely if they, can know, that's... Eat, if they can eat food, they can fly a ship, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. So. I think that's what, you know, the, the great deception is going to, you know, deal with the UFOs and everything, how that's going to play out. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to, the world's going to introduce them as good, trying to help us when actually, you know, they're the bad ones. And then we're going to have the good UFOs and Jesus and them come. And then, you know, the world's going to try to fight them yep you know like kind of how it is in revelation uh i think you're uh, we see that very calm very uh similarly uh, i believe man that it is that i believe wholeheartedly in that project blue beam that they're talking about that there's going to be this deception come through that they're going to try to say that you know it's going to involve ufos i believe oh, that definitely oh yeah because, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, you know, I don't think we caught up to the technology that they had in that time. Oh, I don't either. But we're getting close, but we, we haven't got there yet. Before, you yeah. know, God flooded the earth and ridded all that. They had some technology we don't know nothing about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, they did. But, yeah, it, it gets very interesting when you start digging into everything and what, then you you go watch Marvel, you know the Marvel movies and Lord of the Rings, and you're like, man, this stuff is actually real. I love like you know talking to my son about this. He's like, that's real, Dad. I'm like, oh yeah, it's real. Yep, based on a true good. story, son. <laughs> based on a true story. Yeah, I try to you know break all that down for him and explain it to him. That way, you know he he can grow up knowing it, and he's not going to be shocked where everybody see that that's. The thing about the Great Deception is a lot of Christians that don't know this are going to be like, hold up, I thought aliens aren't real. So if, you know, they're going to fall away from God because they're going, to, well, it's not in the Bible. So if they're real, the Bible can't be real. When actually aliens and stuff is in the Bible, if you know how to, you know, decipher it correctly. So <clears throat> I don't understand why a lot of churches don't teach this. I know to prepare us, you know. I know it. I know it. It's um, it's it's a shame that the supernatural world has been removed from a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. Um, the supernatural world's been removed. They say that you know the spiritual gifts were only for the apostles or the disciples or whatever. Um that we can't cast out demons. There's no demons to cast out. There's no curses that are real. Um, that's just simply not true, man. That, right. That's leading people to a devil's hell. Um, it's... Most definitely. Scary. I mean, 
I know demons are real because I've experienced them. So God's most definitely real as well, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they've, re they've replaced the warnings, you know, because every once in a while we, we get an old school preacher comes in and he'll preach hellfire and brimstone, you know, he'll preach hell hot and I love it. Right. But then you'll get, you know, we don't have them at, at our church, but I've been to churches where it's just like a kind of like a feel good message for the most part, you know? Right. Or you'll see them on TV a lot. It's just, you know, what what makes you feel good? It's, this ain't a, a warm and cozy session. There's warnings. There's fights. There's battle. There's battles to be won. Um, right. And um, dealing with hell, you know, a lot of people like to go to, will say, well, when Jesus spoke on hell, he was talking about an actual place, you know, uh -huh. that was in there in that time. But to me, it's like Jesus spoke in parables. So like even when he was talking about the, you know, the thorns and the roses, you know, growing here and there, he could have been standing in a, you know, on the on the road, pointing this out to the people in the crowd, using things that they can see and hear and feel to help them understand what he's saying. Right. And so he could have easily spoke about a place that existed that was there in reference to actual hell. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's the way I see that because I was even on the fence for a while, like, is hell real? Is it not real? I'm not sure. All right. But I think I'm back on the hell's real boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm securely in that hell is real boat. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, now, like the the flat Earth thing, eh, I could go either way because I heard great arguments on both sides. Yeah, man. Now, somebody could take that Bible and and because I heard good arguments on both sides about it, you know, being flat or not. But if somebody could easily use it and say, "Hey, it says it right here." Though. Earth is flat. I'd be like, okay, that's what the Bible says. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. Same here. So I'm not one way or the other, but I hear people out. You know, it's like, yeah. God can do whatever He want to do. So if He wanted to make the <laughs> Earth flat and everything, He can do. He can do that. So exactly. I'm, I'm good either way. Exactly. It's, it's uh, not a salvation issue where people try to like, oh, if you don't believe the Earth's flat, you're not a Christian. No, that's not how that works. Right. Even the Earth's flat around is not a salvation issue. We can That's still right. get into heaven either way. So it's not right. that serious. <laughs> you know, yeah, because when I die, I can go and, oh, it really was flat. It does, it, David Weiss was right. But where's he at? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not married to the ball anymore, as they say. But uh, I'm not ready to say I'm a flat earther either. I, right. Honestly, it don't matter. I, I'm right. I'm only here for a limited time only, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's not a it's not a salvation issue. That's it's it. It's not gonna prevent you from going to heaven. So that's it. That's we're, it. We're good to go in that area. We can believe it or not believe it. It's not gonna hurt. That's right. Well, Brandon, is there any other topics that we went we needed to get into today? Oh well now off the top of my head, unless I mean, I guess you'd have to go back through the emails and see if there's anything I mentioned. Okay. I mean, I think the, the only, you know, there is something else I could talk about, but that's a I think that's a lot. But, you know, how the enemy, in simple terms, I personally feel like Satan's number one agenda, and he's very successfully done it, is remove the father from the home. 
and he's done it by many, many different means. And it has divided, you know, specifically America and harmed America in many ways. Yeah, man. But, it, you know, it's a lot of different things that he did that removed the father from the home that is destroying America. That's obliterating it. And, you know, we're getting away from those traditional values you know, yes. that, that are in the Bible. And even if you take God out of it and you just look at the traditional values and look at stats and data, it proves that those values work better. Yeah. You know, then instead of progressing, like, you know, they're calling themselves progressives, they're regressing. They're progressing yeah. in the wrong direction. They're not, we're not doing good. I know. Yeah, there's... There's a lot that goes into that, you know, what Satan did. A lot. Yeah. You know, everything from, you know, how he promoted rap music and open, you know, prisons and changes the laws to remove fathers from the home that way to the LGBTQ plus to remove fathers from the home that way to the government giving money to remove fathers from the home that way. It's so many different ways that he's removed the father from the home. Have you heard the stats of, you know, like children who had two parents versus single parent homes? I don't know, like the specific numbers off the top of my head, but it's it's not even close. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I pay a lot of attention to that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, being a teacher, I see it. Mm -hmm. There, there's a it it's so prominent too in this youngest generation, like. Yeah, my generation, our generation, I'm Gen X, you know. A lot of us, probably a third of us, come from broken homes. You know, our parents divorced, remarried most of them, you know. But this generation coming up. Right, you know, right. They, uh, they live, there's so many that are in some kind of foster care or they're living with their grandparents or living with their aunts and uncles. Um, they may live with their mom, but the home, the, the nuclear family, they call it, you know, mom and dad together, siblings together. That, that is so destroyed, man. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, talking about other, you know, seductive ways that the devil has worked to pull people apart, man. The opioid epidemic in mm -hmm. in Appalachia, where, where I live, man, it is so rampant. And it, it is just stealing families. It's stealing lives. It's stealing hope. Um, I hate the devil, man. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, fatherless homes are direct. It, it's a direct relation to pretty much everything that's going wrong in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's, it's the it's the baseline for everything going wrong. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It really is. Yeah, it's, you know, as the Bible says, bad will become good and good will become bad. Yeah. Those traditional values, you know, the mother and the father, is now looked upon as a negative thing right yeah. by many yes structure and discipline are bad things now mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, that. That's it, brother. That's it. Well, Brandon, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, if you're interested, maybe we can do a part two uh, in a in a couple of weeks. If you got some free time, we can dig into some of these topics and I'll go through these emails. And um, I know that there's something that we're overlooking. I know that there is. I just got to get in there and find it. Yeah, sounds good to me. Definitely. Most All definitely. right, bro. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. I hope that the that you you weren't too nervous about doing this. I know that you say you don't like talking in public sometimes, but you're a natural. I think you should do your own show. <laughs> hey, that Trucy could tell me that as well. You should, man. Same thing. You should. But uh. Yeah, holler at me. If you have anything come up, any questions, um, if you do get that show going and you uh you have any questions about that too, man, just let me know and I'll be I'll be right here to help you out with anything I can. I appreciate it, bud. All right, brother. Have a good night. Right, you too, Nava. All right, all right. God bless. God bless you, man. Shalom. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on... uh, all the the new latest and greatest stuff we have going on all right so again thanks for listening i love you god bless
street of gold. His appearance is like lightning. Bless you, Daddy. Sitting high upon his throne. Has ten thousands times ten thousand. Made it home. Glory, personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes from the office to the outdoors then please go to squatchsurvivalgear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer they're made in america and i mean every single piece of fabric hardware buckle and frame all the labor too is right here in america so when you buy from squatch survival gear you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home. I've become good friends with Chris. Um, he, he's a military vet. So all of these packs are made to mill spec. All right, so they're all military standard packs. They're good for everything. These things are virtually bomb-proof. I promise you, I own two of them. I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. They cannot be beaten. I've I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The Squat Survival Gear changes the game. All right, I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just use it as a regular backpack, but it's so functional. It's, it's just unbelievable quality. All right, so please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP, that's 23BUMP, to save 15% site-wide. 